Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Survivors of domestic abuse in Ireland are speaking publicly about its devastating consequences as breaches of court protection orders in domestic abuse cases more than doubled during the pandemic. Now, an RT investigates documentary filmed over the last 12 months amid the a fourfold increase in emergency calls from survivors seeking shelter reveals the true domestic abuse crisis in Ireland. And if you were watching it last night, I'm sure you were quite shocked like many people. Um, if you want to give us a call, by the way, the number is 087 um, I do want to speak to a support worker as well from uh, YNA East Cork and North Cork Domestic Violence Services, Jane Murphy, and she joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi, how are you? Jane, I think everybody was quite shocked by last night's uh, programme, and I think everybody is shocked in general to hear these kind of statistics, you know, that, you know, we have during the pandemic, obviously we had an increase, but we did predict that would happen, didn't we? Yeah, I, I mean, I can understand the shock, but um, I suppose for the uh, 38 domestic violence services across the whole of the country, we weren't at all surprised by the content of, of last night's prime time. And I just have to say it was an absolutely excellent um, programme. It, mm-hmm. it really hit us um, on the nail as to what women are and men are going through at the moment when they're living in a domestic violence situation. Um, you know, so... Well, let, let's to, just look at the figures as well. Yeah. And I do apologise. Sorry, June. It is no, June. I, I called you Jane and I know I did. I do apologise. Yeah. In 2018 and 2019, there were 2,504 breaches of orders reported to that, and that number increased to 4,072, so almost twice during the first two years of the pandemic. Uh, just 278 of these cases led to imprisonment and representing mm. 6% of the breaches recorded. So the bottom line is a woman, or indeed a man, goes and get a, gets a protection order against somebody. Somebody breaches that protection order and nothing is done about it, essentially. Uh, that seems to be what we're led to believe anyway. Well, I mean, in in certain cases, you know, you do see um, jail terms handed down. But to be honest with you, you know, we, we do need to see an advancement of um, the judicial reform system. And we we really do need to see uh, stricter and harder um, jail sentences um, handed down to perpetrators of abuse who do break these orders. We need these orders to be taken seriously. Um, and for that Can I happen, ask you, sorry for interjecting, June, but... Is there a problem in the fact that, and we did speak to a family law sister going back a few weeks ago in relation to the orders, yeah. and his argument was that we would take them more seriously if they were given out more seriously. In other words, yeah. he suggested, and, and his words, not mine, that these orders were given out too easily, that sometimes there was no actual evidence to give out an order, say for a protection order or an, in, an interim barring order or whatever it happened to be, that it was taken on the word of one person, which is always, of course, the case in relation to these situations. It can be taken on the the, the, uh, the evidence of one person and then it takes time for the case to come up and in the interim you're given an interim temporary barring order an interim uh, protection order so is it a case that if we were more diligent about giving them out in the first place and investigated cases then the Garda Síochána might take the ones that are given out more seriously because we know they mean business if do you, if you know what I mean am I mixing that well, up a little bit well I wouldn't accept that now okay. um, and that certainly wouldn't be my experience and I would be in court a lot Okay. Um, supporting clients. 
um, we found it, that it's actually quite hard to get a barring order, particularly in COVID, because the feeling is is that judges don't want to put people out of their home, mm-hmm. um, but yet they're quite willing to accept that women and children um, would be left in that situation, living with someone who's who's abusing and terrifying them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, safety orders aren't handed out willy-nilly. Interim orders aren't handed out. Um, you know, so my experience through the court would be very different from that individual. I don't know who they are and I don't know where they are, but it certainly isn't my experience mm-hmm. in court. Okay. Um, so, so, what, you know, so what is the answer now for the Minister for Justice? And she said she's going to do something about this. Um, what is the answer or how do we, when I say streamline, how do we make this system better to protect people? Um, who are in, you know, dangerous situations or volatile situations, living with somebody who may be violent or somebody, you know, who may be on the edge of doing some damage. How do we protect people more or how can we protect people more? Yeah, like, I mean, we would see um, different ways of doing this, like a more integrated structure to develop a national policy, a national plan to deliver the local services as a significant advancement um, in that area, you know, we would we would like to see um, tougher sentences handed down to people who break these orders. And mm-hmm. um, you know, you're reading every day in the paper about cases that come up, and even, for example, in last night's where someone could could get a month um, in jail for for some of the things that they do, or yeah. you know, there's no consequences. Um, to breaking an order in some cases. And people so, know, and the problem is people know that. And when somebody knows yeah. that, well, it doesn't stop them from breaking the order then. Yeah, we need them to be taken more seriously when they're, they're broken. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that would be a huge help that if a woman or a man does get a protection order or a safety order or a barring order, that if they breach those orders, you know, there's there's serious consequences to breaching those orders. Do you think Ungarda Síochána are trained or to deal with situations and domestic situations? Now, I know it's always been uh, their policy to try not to get too involved in domestic situations. Um, you know, unless obviously somebody's life is in danger or somebody's safety is in danger, and and that's kind of been their policy. But do you think they need more training in dealing with it? Because we get calls on a regular basis from both men and women who would go yeah. to Angarda Shea seeking protection or, you know, saying that their partner has threatened them or whatever it is. And sometimes the guards feel their hands are tied in relation to what they can do about that. Their only answer is, listen, you need to go down to the district court tomorrow morning or whatever. Go down to the local uh, office there and see if you can get an appointment in the district court to get a, a protection order. Uh, until then, there's nothing really we can do. Is there, is there more the guards could be doing or can we change the law in some way to give the guards a little bit more power to intervene in domestic situations? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all about, you know, um, education at the end of the day. Um, I'm one that, that would be a huge advocate of giving more training and um, mm-hmm. more education. And, uh, of course, you know, more powers would, would help also. But... You know, it is really down to training, education at the end of the day. Um, And, you know, we've been very fortunate in in East Cork 
that we have had great support from from the guards in Yall and in Middleton, um, and I do have to take my hat off to them mm-hmm. for that. Um, I know that's not the case or the experience of everyone who, who works in domestic violence or on the receiving end of it. Um, but, you know, um, mm-hmm. they have been very good to us and go out of their way to help us in any way that they can. Um, we're very fortunate for that. So, you know... Yeah, tra- but, training, tra- a little bit more training in that aspect of it probably wouldn't go amiss. But the, I know the programme featured survivors of domestic abuse. Yeah. Uh, and they spoke publicly for the first time about coercive control, repeated patterns of domestic violence, uh, femicide and the traumatising justice system. Um, but in relation to when they find they've nowhere else to go or somebody can't get a person out of a house or, you know, or they feel their life is in danger, obviously providing shelter for people and their children, for, for maybe for women and their children in certain circumstances. I mean, that seems to be a problem as well at the moment to have enough spaces to, to actually provide shelter and refuge. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Safe Ireland came out with a number there that, that, you know, we're at deficit of 300 um, refuge spaces nationally and you know we're in County Cork where we have no refuge and mm-hmm. um, you know so it's a real issue for us um, and you know to try and resolve that issue we need lots of different government departments working together cohesively to be able to to work that those issues out and to work together so that when someone is in that situation that there is a plan in place that can kick in and for all that to work together. Mm. And so what, it, what is the process, left. June, at the moment? If I'm a woman and let's say my husband's an alcoholic and I've got two kids and, you know, he comes home and he's, you know, being abusive and I need to get out of that house or I need to get to a safe place with the children and I contact you or I contact Women's Aid or I contact any of the organisations that are out there to provide safe shelter. What is the process for people who maybe don't understand what that process is? What happens to those people in that situation? Are they put up in a hotel or do they go to a particular refuge centre? Or What is the current process at the moment? Yes, yeah, so if you're lucky enough where there is a refuge and... Um, you know, you can you can ring the refuge and they will do whatever they can do to either get you in there or they would provide um, a hotel or a B&B until the refuge space becomes available. Um, but there's always a way that, that if a woman does ring uh, looking for support to be able to get accommodation to keep them safe, you know, we'll go out of our way to do what we need to do to make mm. sure that happens. Um, but, you know, it's usually going to a refuge or we put someone up in a hotel or a B&B to keep them safe, you know? All right. Well, look, hopefully we can do a lot more. Hopefully the Minister of Justice can maybe change things to make it a safer place for everybody, of course. Yeah, and yeah, I, absolutely. And if people, of course, need any support, they can contact yourselves in East Cork. I know Yana operates in East Cork uh, and North Cork. And the number there, by the way, just for people, if you need to contact, is 024 That's 024 Or North Cork, it's 022 Listen, again, thank you very much indeed, June Murphy. Appreciate you coming on the air today and hopefully we can make it a safer place in the world for everybody. Absolutely. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Bye.
Uh, also, by the way, if you are not in Cork as well, you can contact the national helplines if you've been affected by any of that or domestic violence. And it's Women's Aid, which is at one eight hundred three four one nine hundred. That's Women's Aid at one eight hundred three four one nine hundred. And indeed, if you're a man and you need support or you need help and you're a victim of domestic violence, you can contact Men's Aid on O one double five four. That's a Dublin number. That's O one double five four three eight one one. All right. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.